And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host, as always, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. Would like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. And a very special episode it is. I am in the mobile studio Mark V, a.k.a. my wife's Mitsubishi, and I am currently driving south on Interstate 85 to go see Godzilla vs. Kong. I am super excited about this. Uh, all of the delays, all of the new, the, the different release dates, all of the challenges that we've had uh, since 2019 with the release of King of the Monsters. I am just, I, I, this has been, from a Daikaiju standpoint, my light at the end of the proverbial tunnel is seeing Godzilla vs. Kong. I have successfully avoided spoilers as best I can. I have not watched any trailers. I've seen a few snippets here and there that it was unavoidable when watching another show before I could mute the television or go in the other room. Uh, but I've, I've got nothing, uh, as little as possible as I can get of the story, and I am just super excited about going to see this. Um, so far, uh, it is currently Saturday the 3rd, as I'm recording this, and so far I do know a few people that have seen the film on HBO Max, and generally people have been saying that they enjoyed it, so I'm uh, that, that's a good sign. Uh, I know that my brother saw it on HBO Max, and he you actually hear from him in the back half of this show after I watched it. So uh, look forward to that. I have not even, I right now have not even listened to what Jay has said and uh, because I didn't want to be spoiled on anything. So I, that, that's what I'm going in with. You know, that worked really well for me with King of the Monsters. That worked really well for me with uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. That worked really well for me on Skull Island and Godzilla 2014. So I'm continuing on that trend here. Um, so here in South Carolina, the movie theaters are open. The problem is is that Regal is not open, but not from any, um, you know, uh, mandate or anything like that. Regal simply just hasn't reopened their theaters yet. So I am on the road. I'm heading down to Anderson, which is in, appropriately, Anderson County to meet my friends, uh, Adam, whom uh, listeners may remember was on the episode where we talked about Godzilla Final Wars, and my friend Joe, who listeners of Get Back to the Wrestling will remember has gone to a couple of shows with me including the Crockett Cup and some other Ring of Honor shows. And uh, so, you know, uh, I don't think Joe's ever been on Earth Destruction Directive. He is well known for coining the phrase, you never kill the old priestess, as we heard in our first Daimajin um, uh, episode. Uh, so I'm meeting them. We're going we're gonna to shoot the works, man. Uh, we're going to go out to dinner, and we're going to go see the movie. And I am, like I said, I'm just, I'm just super psyched. So I am wearing, I have a navy blue Godzilla shirt. I'm finally going to put my flat, plant my flag for Team Godzilla. You know, I love Godzilla and King Kong, but, you know, Goji's been, been top dog with me and top guy for me since I was four years old. So represent Team Godzilla. 
you know, we'll see how that plays out. You know, famously, of course, last time these two guys uh, fought, you know, Khan came out on top. So we will see how that goes. Also, as has become something of a tradition, I have my snacks set up. And, um, you know, my, I thought I really thought hard about what would the right snack be uh, for Godzilla versus Kong and specifically for Team Godzilla. So I went with hot tamales. And those who may not be familiar with hot tamales, they are a spicy, chewy cinnamon candy. Uh, they are made by the Just Born uh, con- uh, Confectionery Company. They look just like Mike and Ike, except they're all red and they are spicy, hot cinnamon. I literally really like the flavor of hot cinnamon. And uh, I thought it was a perfect match or the fire-breathing king of the monsters himself. So I'm going to be taking those with me to go see it. Just for reference, when I saw Venom in the theater, my snack of choice was black licorice, which I thought was just like the perfect pairing. So I'm very excited about this. I also really like hot tamales. And I like black licorice. I do have something of a sweet tooth. Uh, (laughs) So, but uh, I said right now, I'm just rolling down the street. It is a beautiful day. It's about, I don't know, maybe 65 degrees here in the upstate of South Carolina. A few uh, fluffy, wispy clouds, nothing much, but beautiful day. We had some rain earlier in the week, and it was real cold the last couple of days, and it was pretty chilly this morning, but beautiful day. Uh, Really excited, been looking forward to seeing my friends. Uh, I haven't seen Joe probably since the summer. I saw Adam a few months ago. We talk all the time online, obviously, but, you know, uh, one of the things that's happened, of course, is we just don't get to see our friends as much. And uh, so I'm very much looking forward to this, very much looking to break in some bread with them and sitting down for the two top guys, Godzilla and Kong, hopefully wailing on each other for a couple hours. So uh, that's all I've got right now, folks. I'm on my way uh, to go to dinner and then the movie. I will check in with you guys after the show. So if you are listening to this before you go, I will do a non-spoiler section and then a spoiler section in the back half. So for right now, if you haven't seen the movie, enjoy the show. If you have seen the movie, I hope you dug it, and I hope you stick around for the second half. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play the audio from the trailer that I haven't seen yet, and then we're going to give our thoughts on the movie. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back. It's a little time for Godzilla vs. Kong. This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so... I made a promise to protect her. In some way, Khan did the same. Godzilla. 
These are dangerous times. Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. The myths are real. Yeah. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. I keep reaching for greatness because I'm built from it. Bows to Nobody gonna stop for me. Kong bows to no one. All right, folks, we are back here on Earth Destruction Directive. Uh, got out of the movie a little while ago. Had to drive. Uh, I ended up driving, so I had to drive everybody back uh, to uh, to the the house where we met at. And I'm on the road back home, and uh, oh boy, yeah, that was uh, that was really something, you know. Uh, for non-spoiler thoughts, I really enjoyed Godzilla vs. Kong. You know, uh, there's a saying that I've heard associated with um, with uh, British fans that says that uh, does what it says on the tin. This movie does what it says on the tin. It's Godzilla vs. Kong is the title, and Godzilla vs. Kong is what we get. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed this. It, to me, the movie just flew by, as, uh, as both uh, my dad, my brother, and I all say. You know, a sign of a good movie is that you, you look up and you're an hour into it, and that's kind of how I felt. This was just flying by. I am I'm very, very satisfied with this movie. Uh, I am very eager to watch it again at home on HBO Max with my family, which uh, I think the kids will definitely get a treat out of this. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm super, super psyched. I thought that the story was, um, it took it in a different direction. It all, it did kind of hit the beats that I really thought was going to hit, uh, given what was set up, especially at the end of King of the Monsters and what was set up in Kong Skull Island, what we knew that the unavoidable stuff that was in some of the, the marketing. Uh, so that was, you know, that was enjoyable. I, I liked the story. Um, I think that, you know, we've seen kind of a, uh, a negative slope of the amount and the importance of the humans in these films as we've gone from Godzilla 2014 through Kong Skull Island, through King of the Monsters, on now to Godzilla vs. Kong. But I think that, you know, you kind of need a push and a pull, right? You need, um, as, as we, um, you know, elevate the monster side of the story, we can't always push up the the amount that's focused on the humans. I can see where a lot of the hardcore Daikaiju fans, the hardcore Japanese Daikaiju fans especially, are like, well, there's not enough human stuff in this. And I can understand that criticism, but as a big blow-off popcorn movie, or in my case, Hot Tamales movie, this was fantastic. This was the big movie theater experience that I wanted and I got, and I'm so glad that I held off and didn't watch it on HBO Max first, that I saw it on the theater first at the Amstar in Anderson, South Carolina. Uh, I was very, very pleased with this experience, and I am, like I said, so eager to watch it again. Uh, I like that we had some characters come back. Uh, Mark and Maddie came back, and we got some new characters as well, which was which was nice. Uh, so we did kind of push the story in a, in a new direction, but we didn't completely jettison the other characters. Um, you know, the, the, the action was just incredible. The effects are fantastic. You know, the effects now, I mean, any effects in these, these, these big Hollywood movies, they're going to be great. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to uh, really cheap out too much on, on these. And all of it's up on the screen. 
as we like to say with these. So uh, big thumbs up, big high recommend for me. So what I'm going to do now, okay, I'm going to cut in uh, some thoughts from my brother. Jay sent a few reactions after he watched on HBO Max. I'm going to cut in his thoughts. And then um, I don't think these have spoilers. But if you're really concerned about spoilers, maybe don't listen to it after you've seen the movie. But I don't think Jay's content has spoilers. And then after Jay's content, I'm going to come back, give a few spoilery thoughts, and then we're going to wrap it up. So we're going to cut in Jay's content now, and I'll see you guys in a few minutes. Hello, Earth Destruction Directive listeners. This is Jason Jackanetti from the Bots, Bugs, and Babes podcast. And I wanted to send in some feedback about my first reactions to Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, Godzilla vs. Kong, of course, we all know, dropped uh, March 31st, and I was up bright and early that morning. Uh, actually started watching around 6 a.m., kind of just to make sure I got a jump on it for the day. My daughter uh, joined me to watch the first time through, uh, and then we wound up watching as a family actually during lunch around noon. So I watched it twice in the first day. Uh, we plan on watching it again probably during our spring break time we have here. Um, and what we're going to be honest, very honest, is that we all loved it. Uh, and I know um, some people want to complain about, you know, this, that, or the other thing, but I thought as a family movie, it was a lot of fun. I thought as a, uh, you know, kind of a wrap up for now, at least of the MonsterVerse, it made a lot of sense. I think, uh, you know, the effects are exactly what we've seen before. They're uh, stellar. Um, I'm a big fan of the Warbat design. I know it was not in the movie a ton, but uh, I actually love the way it looks. Um, I thought Kong, you know, at his size was really uh, impressive, and I thought it made a lot of sense, you know, kind of thing, especially building from Kong Skull Island. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Godzilla, of course, every Godzilla does a little tweaks a little bit different. Um, I thought his mouth definitely looked a little bit different in this one when he's roaring more. And maybe that's because we're seeing it more and not, you know, as much maybe in the other ones. But uh, I love the whole film. Uh, my family loved the whole film. And this is, you know, my wife and my daughter watching it with me. And uh, we looked at it this way is uh, we were looking forward to this, obviously, when it was first supposed to come out and then was delayed and delayed again. And we're in, we were very, very happy with the end product here. And uh, again, not to, I don't want to give away tons of stuff. I know this is not my job here to give away everything and spoil everything. But uh, I can definitely say this. If you want to see Kong Godzilla fight, this movie has a, a bunch of that in it. Uh, and I know, again, there are some people who believe that every Godzilla movie should just be Godzilla stuff and no humans. But I don't know if that means you've ever watched any other Godzilla movie ever because every single Godzilla movie. I'm not just talking about 2014, Skull Island. I'm not talking about just, you know, King of the Monsters. Every single Godzilla movie has human beings in it telling a story because there has to be another story besides just monster fights. Uh, and the monster fights in here are outstanding. The, the, the effects are outstanding. I love the, the fight in Tokyo, uh, Hong Kong, excuse me, that you've seen in the, in the commercials and stuff like that. You've seen the, the, all the neon lights and things along those lines. It really just gives it a different feel and different vibe. Uh, and again, like I said, this is not my job here to spoil the whole movie for you guys. I can just rec highly recommend this. Uh, it is to me, it would be appropriate for pretty much any age. There's a few uh, bad words. They say the S word, you know, 
six, seven times maybe. There's maybe a, a GD here, but nothing, nothing that would provoke, you know, uh, harsh, harsh language. There's no intense gore. There's none of that stuff in here uh, that maybe some people might find ejected, uh, you know, you know, might find, might be hard for their kids or whatever kind of thing, or if you're sensitive to those kind of things. Um, if you, if, if you're an insurance adjuster, you might have a problem because they do a lot of damage to buildings and cities. So if, if that, if that bothers you, then you might want to steer clear of it. But I think most people kind of, if you're going into a Godzilla movie, you might expect there might be some breakage of, I don't know, buildings and things like that. So, um, if you're sensitive to that, then you should avoid it. Anyway, so that's just my two sensory here. I got a little quick little snippet I wanted to put it there. Uh, be on the lookout for longer takes on these things. Uh, maybe from, you know, not just uh, my brother on Earth Structure Directive and uh, us here on uh, Bots, Bugs, and Babes. So, folks, until next time, keep them stomping and keep watching the skies. All right, Jay, thanks for those thoughts. All right, everybody, spoilers on. So if you don't want to be spoiled, turn the show off now. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. If you're still with us, some spoilerly thoughts. Okay, I don't know if it really counts as a spoiler, but Mechagodzilla, the execution of Mechagodzilla, you know, this one was kind of unavoidable. It was in the, you know, teased in the end credits, the King of the Monsters. So the, you know, it, it, it was a little different than what was teased in the end credits of King of the Monsters, because that said Monarch was building a giant robot, and here it was a different outfit, Apex was building this giant robot. But I think Mechagodzilla's presence has been kind of unavoidable. Um, but I, I really liked how he was executed. It was different. It was clearly recognizable as a, a version of the legendary Godzilla as a mecha, but it wasn't like we saw with, you know, the, the Showa or the Heisei or Kiru, even though it does kind of use the Kiru mentality a little bit. I'll talk about that in a second. Great little homage to Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from 1974 with, with Godzilla and Mechagodzilla firing beams at each other and the two beams clashing. I thought that was really neat. Um, now, I'm not going to lie. As I was watching the film, I was concerned that the plot point about King Ghidorah's head was going to be dropped. And it wasn't. They, they used it. And they used it for Mechagodzilla, which is one of the theories that I had seen kicked around, kind of like Kiru, like I said, using the remains of the original Godzilla. And kind of like Kiru, it goes into business for itself. That made me wonder as I was sitting in the theater, is that King Ghidorah taking over at that point? Does it have a bit of a sense memory of it hates Godzilla because Godzilla killed King Ghidorah? You know, that, that was the first thought that popped into my head. Um, but, you know, again, that, uh, and, and how, also, how did Apex get King Ghidorah's remains from Jonah. Did they buy it off of him? Did they, you know, send in a team and, and take out Jonah and his crew and just steal them? You know, so there's there's some questions that aren't answered, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a little bit of mystery in that. And, you know, that that's an opportunity to tell that story in a comic or something like that, too. Uh, you know, so that we can we can fill in the other parts of the, of the universe. Um, Godzilla himself was, oh, I, I, the first half, the first two-thirds of this movie, he's the heavy, right? He's clearly clearly the bad guy throwing back to king kong versus godzilla with godzilla being the bad guy what i like is that for the first few times that we see him his eyes are glowing and they've really amped up the monstrous aspects of him so that you don't you know you don't identify with him he's they've dehumanized him in the first parts the first uh, you know two-thirds of this movie to really emphasize that he is a a, a threat to kong Whereas Kong, of course, they play up his human 
connection. They play up the, the you know, they, we've talked about this a lot, the idea of that simians are primates, so we can identify more with them. Having his connection with Gia, the little girl, was was wonderful and as a dad that really that really uh, struck me very very much right in the right in the gut i really liked that bit now the thing that i was reminded of and i might be totally off base here but you know when <clears throat> king kong vs godzilla came out of course there was supposed to be a shout out to john lamette who wrote this up in his uh his unmade uh, kaiju book that there was a sequel that was in talks called continuation king kong vs godzilla now that film dealt with a relationship between a young human boy and King Kong. It was slightly different. I want to say the boy was like a, essentially a baby, but the idea of a human child and Kong having like an emotional connection like that really made me think of continuation King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, I, I thought that was, was pretty neat. Uh, our new characters, you know, uh, Dr. Lind and um, it's Eileen. It's uh, Dr. Anderson, I think. Um, they, I, I, I mean, it was, it was kind of weird that we brought back Maddie and, uh, and Mark, but then Mark was kind of just a background, not a background, but really a secondary character. And Maddie kind of had her own story and we had these other characters, but I was down with that too. You know, and we don't need to follow the same characters. We can expand it out. So I, I did like that. I loved middle, um, middle earth, hollow earth as a big fan of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Pellucidar books really made me think of Pellucidar with Hollow Earth and all the weird stuff with the, it's always daylight and, you know, the, uh, the ancient civilizations and all that. I thought that was really neat. Again, I'd love to see that setting explored some more in some comics or books. Uh, and, you know, perhaps Kingdom Kong or Godzilla Dominion will address some of this stuff. I haven't had, I haven't, I don't have either of them yet. So looking forward to that. Uh, and hopefully we get some more on that. But I just literally like the way that was executed. I was very, very happy with that. Again, as a fan of Pellucidar, it made me think of that. Um, you know, Kong came off really well in this. I love Kong being transported by boat, which is a reference to King Kong versus Godzilla, and then Kong being transported by helicopter, which is, you know, King Kong, is, uh, King Kong escapes. So you can't beat either of those. I did like that in that scene, we do see some of Monarch's raptors, some of the ospreys from uh, King of the Monsters. We don't get to see a lot of super monarch tech, a lot of the super tech we see here is Apex, uh, but we did get a little bit of Monarch tech, so I thought that was cool. So, what did I think about the outcome? Okay, so the first fight, the one that has apparently been in all the media of them fighting on the, uh, in, in the sea, on the, uh, fighting on the aircraft carrier and among the sea, Godzilla comes out on top. I think that was pretty clear, right? Is that, you know, in this case, he's playing the role of the, of the, of the heel. He's the bad guy. He's got to come in and take down our hero, the one that we're identifying with as Kong. And great fight. I mean, I'm sitting there with my friends and we're, you know, you can hear the, the, the wincing back and forth as they're landing these knockouts on each other, these, these big blows back and forth. Really good choreography. Also, it, 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 rep, it, it explained what I've always thought was Godzilla's advantage. Not so much his, his atomic breath, it's the fact that he's amphibious. I've always said this, we're talking about uh, Godzilla versus the sea monsters, that if King Kong fights Ibra, Ibra can drown Kong. And that becomes a point here, is that Godzilla, since he can um, you know, breathe underwater, he could theoretically drown Kong. And I love that they, they've leaned into that. Uh, the second fight in Hong Kong, holy crap. You know, I mean, we, we've seen... 
you know, big budget King Kong movies before, but we've never seen a big budget King Kong movie with him sliding around and jumping through and swinging through a, a, a modern city like Hong Kong. That would, that floored me. That was just great. You know, the two of them just wailing on each other, Kong using the axe. You know, I said it on the King of the Monsters app, uh, Kong is smart. Kong's a thinking animal. He can use tools and reason. Okay, there, there is going to be, you know, that, that is his advantage, and he played it up. And, uh, you know, the, Dr. Lin said it, round two goes to Kong. And then the, the final, the rubber match, if you will, uh, you know, Godzilla comes back and establishes dominance. And Kong is defiant, but must submit to Kong, uh, to Godzilla. That was, man, I mean, we were all just enthralled with this because it was such a, a marked out fanish moment, you know. Um, so, you know, all the stuff that came out that there was definitely going to be a, a, uh, a definite winner. That was true. That was not, that was determined not to be a lie. And that it was Godzilla. That was really something. I, I'm not going to lie. You know, I was team Godzilla. Wear my Godzilla shirt. I really thought Kong was going to win, but I do like the way that that worked. So with Godzilla still being the top, top guy, but Kong showing that he was also a top guy by coming back and, you know, using the axe, the charged up axe to uh, dismember and destroy Mechagodzilla. And uh, Godzilla, you know, leaving him be, going his own way, and letting the two, the two top guys go their own way. I, I like that, too. I like that we could have a happy ending, really. You know, yes, Hong Kong is destroyed. Yes, uh, you know, uh, lots, of, lots of people, I'm sure, were injured and all that and, and killed. But that's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is that Godzilla got to go his own way. Kong got to go his own way. And they can coexist and live uh, in their own, their own parts and stay in their own territory. So I really, really enjoyed that. Just, as I said, you know, being out of the movie theaters for a year, it's more than a year because the last movie I saw in the theater was Bloodshot in March of 2020, right before everything got shut down. So to wait a year before having to go to a movie and with all the delays and, the, like I said, the roadblocks this movie has faced, to see it in the theater on the big screen with my friends, you know, eating my bag of hot tamales, it was... It was just a real treat, and I really, really enjoyed myself, and I very much enjoyed this movie. I'm definitely looking forward to watching it again. Is it the deepest movie ever made? No. I don't think it's even as deep, storyline-wise, as King of the Monsters, because King of the Monsters had a bit more world-building and stuff in it. Uh, but, you know, it, it gave us what I wanted as a viewer, and that was, I've said for years that if I want a movie to be remade, it was King Kong vs. Godzilla, this is a modern version of King Kong versus Godzilla. It's about the monsters, and they steal the show. They're the, it's just, just really, really a blast to watch this movie. One question. I believe it was said in this film, and I will check this when I rewatch it, that Godzilla has killed all the other Titans? Does that mean he killed Rodan and Behemoth and Cilia and all the others? Because we don't see any other Titans. We only see Skullcrawlers, and I don't know that they really count. And we see the war bats, and we see some other odd uh, things in the Hollow Earth, but uh, no other Titans on the surface. So did Godzilla kill all the other Titans? And to echo my friend Tom's question, if so, why? If they all bowed to him and were subservient, why did they? They uh, why? Why were they killed? I guess again, that's something that perhaps will be addressed in the tie-in media, or it's something that it simply is. But I'll be, I'll, be, uh, I'll be curious about that. I'll be noodling on that a little bit. And uh, line of the movie, 
Mark Russell says that podcast is rotting your brain. And I have to agree, podcasts rot your brain, kids. So listening to them and making them. Take it from me. I know. <laughs> so, hey, so what did you guys think of uh, Godzilla versus Kong? You know, let me know. Or Destruction Directive at Yahoo.com. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping to get a, some more complete, organized thoughts for the film uh, on an episode very soon. But I did want to get the reaction episode out there just so that everybody could, could hear my thoughts and, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, I hope everybody gets an opportunity to watch the movie in the theater if you can, if it's open, if you feel okay doing that. If not, hope everyone gets a chance to see it on HBO Max. Uh, like I said, I'm very much looking forward to watching it again. It's uh, I just had an absolute ball with it, and it really brought a smile to my face. Even though there are some parts in this movie that you just you feel for Godzilla and you feel for Kong when they're fighting, you just feel for it. It's very visceral in that sense. So. Uh, I, I am I am completely satisfied with this experience, and like I said, eager to rewatch it, and eager to get it on Blu-ray to have all of them, and then you know sit down and uh, and watch them watch them on Blu-ray. So, all right, folks. Like I said, send in your thoughts or destruction directive at yahoo.com. Look forward to hearing from everybody. Um, you know, like I said, please go check out Godzilla vs Kong. If you if you like her destruction directive, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I really don't. I, I definitely uh, definitely think it's up the alley of uh, a, a Daikaiju fan's, uh, uh, you know, viewing experience. So, uh, again, real quick, remember, Earth Destruction Directive is for everybody. All are welcome. So, you want to send me your thoughts to Godzilla vs. Kong. I want to hear it, good, bad, or otherwise. Let's have a conversation. Uh, so that's all I've got for right now, this quick reaction. Until next time, keep them stopping. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to twotruefreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on, and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF <laughs> moment if I ever saw one. Well, it's big and terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
more frightening than I ever thought possible. 